hello and welcome to another episode of Paving the Way podcast. I'm Seth Moa. I'm with Kenny Jean-Louis. And today we're here with, uh, I like to say, I, I actually grew up watching him when he was at Mobo. And he definitely paved the way for Quebec basketball. A lot of, Mobo it is where it is right now. He's one of the players to, you know, bring it up there. Uh, we'll get more into that. Please give it up for Fret. I'll say it in French. Francis Martel. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for having yeah. me. Merci, yeah. merci d'avoir accepté l'invitation. Moi, fait, tu sais pas, mais mon grand frère c'est Kevin qui t'a joué, t'as joué avec lui à à Momo. Je sais pas si ça va c'était mon frère. Puis quand j'étais petit au secondaire, j'allais toujours voir. Yeah, les... yeah. Il toujours voir les games à Momo, puis je te vois jouer, j'étais comme... Mon frère, des fois, il était jaloux. Il disait, hey, c'est qui, qui ce gars-là? C'est qui ce gars-là? Puis il disait, hey. <rire> comme ça, tu ne parles pas de moi, tu parles toujours de ce gars-là. So, C'était formidable de, de te voir jouer et tout. Puis quand je te vois jouer, j'étais comme, tu sais quoi? Je vais être un, un joueur comme lui quand, quand j'arrive au, au cégep. So, merci encore d'avoir accepté l'invitation. Euh, la première question qu'on pose à tout le monde, c'est quand la passion pour le basket a commencé pour toi? Euh, moi, ça a commencé quand même, euh, je pense que c'était aux alentours de euh, 10 ans. Moi, j'ai grandi à Saint-Hubert, puis par chance, euh, la maison de mes parents était devant un parc avec un terrain de basket. So, euh, organiquement, j'ai juste gravité vers le basket. Au début, mon père, c'était un fan de baseball. Il m'a amené voir les expos. Il <coughs> joué au baseball aussi, il y avait un autre un terrain de baseball devant chez nous aussi. Mais éventuellement, moi et mes amis, on a toute gravité vers le basket. Puis c'est vraiment en jouant du, du street basketball que j'ai développé l'amour la, puis le basket. Puis par la suite, ben, c'est mon parcours euh, au Collège Charlemagne, Montmorency, Richmond, qui, qui, a, qui a continué ma, mon, mon, mon parcours dans le basketball par la suite. Ouais. Did, you, did you ever, did, did you play any other sport other than the basketball? Uh, yes, I, um, I played baseball first, then I played soccer uh, for two years, and then it was basketball for, for the rest of my life after yeah. that. Did you think those sports helped you become the player that you were? Because you're very versatile and you did a lot of stuff on the court. So mm -hmm. my thing was like, because when I was watching you, I remember you were running, jumping, uh, defense, especially like crazy defense. And, you know, that's how I was like, did anything that you did when you were younger made you become that player or was it just natural? It's hard to tell, but a lot of people say um, playing soccer could help your footwork. Mm -hmm. uh, they say baseball helps uh, and eye coordination, you know. Mm -hmm. So I don't know exactly, but I'm sure somewhere it helped. But I mean, I, I think there's been a lot of studies that like at a young age, the more sports you play, uh, the better you're going to be at these uh, the footwork and eye coordination, anticipation and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So maybe it did help. Yeah. Et, et ta première équipe, ta première vraie équipe, c'était quoi au primaire, secondaire? C était, c était... Le basket, la première fois que j'ai joué dans une équipe, c'était au Collège Charlemagne, en secondaire 1. C'est vraiment là que j'ai appris à jouer du basket structuré. Avant, c'était au parc, puis on regardait les vidéos de, je ne sais pas si vous vous rappelez, N1 Mixtape. Yeah. <rire> c'était pas du basket structuré, là. C'était beaucoup de dribbles, beaucoup de dribbles. Were you, were, you, uh, were, were you good when you started? Like when you were on a team or were you uh, not? I wasn't that good. No, I was just a bit taller. Uh, I had some athleticism. I had a handle, but I didn't know the structural play. I didn't know, like, I didn't, I didn't understand the game, the game of basketball, you know? Yeah. So that's something I really had to, to work on my first few years. I remember in uh, one of my first few games, the coach... Uh, I think it was at uh, halftime. It came up to me. He gave me a piece of paper, and it was like uh, 13 bars on it, you know? And I looked at it, and he looked at me. You know what that is? I'm like, uh, what, uh, do I have 13 points? He said, no. Nope. Uh, do I have 13 rebounds? No. Nope. You have 13 turnovers in one half. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was like, oh, damn. I didn't even realize, you know, I was just playing ball. I wasn't used to structured basketball. So at that point, I had to like really uh, start playing ball with a head on my sh uh, on my shoulder. You know, it's uh, it's one thing to know how to dribble, to shoot, and, and score, but you you have to be able to play within the system. Mm -hmm. And and what were you doing to I guess get better every I guess year when you were in high school? Uh, I mean, I I loved going to the park. It was in front of my house, you know. So that was uh, a bit of an advantage I had there. Um, I used to work on my handle. 
my shot. Uh, used to work on my uh, my uh, you know, impulsion. Mm-hmm. Uh, how to jump higher, you know. So I used to do the the programs. I don't know if you guys remember the air alert. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these programs helped a lot of ball players, man. Yeah. So uh, I started with these, just the basics. And after that, it was just repetition. Try to play as much uh, ball as possible, you know, just because the more games you play, mm-hmm. the more you you build reflexes and you, you learn how to play the game as a team, you know. Mm-hmm. Just spend like hours just working on your handle by yourself. You become a, a good individual player, but in a system, you're not going to be able to perform as well, you know? Yeah. So just go to the court every night. Uh, try to stay on the court. Of course, when you lost, you have to get off and wait uh, for, for your next. But I would stay there till late, and uh, the next day, same thing. Go to the court in the evening, play as many games as I could. And uh, that's how you basically build your uh, your basketball knowledge as well. Yeah. Yeah. At what age um, at what, or at what time did you know that you could play at the next level? around you were like you know what maybe i got the skills to go play uh college you know i mean it was like i was playing at the court and at 13 years old i was just like it was the older guys playing you know so they would play on the court and you guys know when you play street ball sometimes the guys are on the other side of the court and the younger guys go shoot on the other side you know and then they come back you have to run off the court because you don't want to get (laughs) you know so we used to do that then one time i just like took off and dunked you know and everything stopped the whole court everyone was like what what did he just do like these are the young kids that are not playing the games they're just watching us play and everyone was like so surprised and that's when I realized okay I'm 13 years old all these like older kids that are 18 19 20 they can't even dunk and I'm able to do that you know so that's when I realized okay maybe I'm I'm onto something I have to take this this basketball stuff seriously now yeah okay okay Ok. Puis on sait que tu as été à Momo. Pourquoi, Pourquoi Momo, on sait? C'est parce que la, la rive sud, Momo, c'est à l'autre bout. Yeah. Bon. <laughs> J'étais fou. <laughs> <laughs> non, it was, uh, it was an interesting decision on my part. Uh, back at uh, Charlemagne, South Shore, I, I used to get, I was getting recruited by Edouard Montpetit Champlain. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two CJFs on the South Shore, which made yeah. sense. Um, Edouard Montpetit recruited me, but not aggressively, you know. And at the time, I felt a bit offended by that. I was like, like, why is he showing more, showing me more interest, you know? Yeah. Champlain is showing me more interest, but they're like the better program, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, when Guy Parizeau at the time, he was coaching at Momo, came to see me, uh, it's, it's a small details, but it's crazy. It made a difference. He took me out to lunch. And to be honest, that made a difference. And like now thinking back, it was a cheap restaurant. Like, (laughs) (laughs) bro, it was the the closest restaurant to my high school. The meal probably cost him like 12 bucks, you know, Uh, chicken, rice, very, it wasn't even that good, but he took me out to eat, took the time, sat down with me. Uh, My coach was there uh, with us. He asked him, what do you see, Francis? Uh, what do you honestly think uh, his potential is? He said, um, mid-D1. I really think he could go to a mid-D1 school. High-D1, I'm not sure yet, but he was honest about that. And to me, that meant a lot. But just the time, you know? And uh, obviously, Edouard, Champlain, and Momo. Yeah. Edouard, Champlain have the edge. They were like 10 minutes away from my house, you know? Mm-hmm. But just that, I was like, you know what? I'm willing to do the hour and a half <laughs> to go to Momo because I, I, I like this coach. And, and I did like – Momo had a good team too. You know, They had a really good uh, program as well. But that was uh, that was really uh, what made the difference. I remember I had went to uh, Edouard Montpetit. Uh, he recruited me and took me to his office. He, he, at the time, you're young, you know, like these little things impact you. But he gave me an apple. And I, I, I swear, like in my mind, it was like Momo gave me, uh, put me out to lunch, an <laughs> <and> apple, <laughs> and that made the big difference. That's so. At the time, like you're young, you see these things, you feel like this coach wants you more, and his program is better. So mm-hmm. I'm going to do sacrifice to, to make it happen at his school. So 
Uh, I know like my first two years at MoMA was tough because there was no metro back then. Uh, the metro didn't go all the way to, to Laval. Yeah, it stopped uh, in uh, Henri Bourassa. So I had to take yeah. a, two buses on the South Shore to get to Bonaventure. Then I had to take the metro all the way to Henri Bourassa. Yeah, okay. Then I had to take another bus to get from Henri Bourassa to Momo. Wow. Well, I did that for two years. After the metro was built in Momo, that helped me. It saved me like 20 minutes. But I was doing like an hour and a half, an hour 45 every day back and forth. Uh, it was it was crazy. I was de- dedicated to basketball yeah. at the time. And uh, I had a PSP, so that helped. <laughs> <laughs> PSP. Yeah, the PSP, you remember, right? Yeah. So I used to play that on the, the Metro, sometimes do homework, but it didn't really work. But uh, no, that was, uh, that, that's basically the reason why I, uh, I took the decision. It was, it was a risk, you know, I could have just mm. burnt out and decided it was too much traveling, but. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, like um, I would have I thought you would go to Champlain, you know, cause at the, back then they were a powerhouse school, you know, and it's right yeah. there too. Yeah. And so, like, did you did, did you kind of sometimes were you like, ah, oh, she just went to Champlain because all that traveling is just too much, or you know, plus it's a good school, you're a good player. I probably I mean, Champlain, too. Champlain was the best program, the best mm-hmm. program in the league for sure. Uh, they sent the most players D one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing at the time they had like all the best players at my position. Okay. There, you know. Yeah. And uh, I, I was like. And also, JD, when he recruited him, he was honest too. You know, I, I respect him for that. He said, you might not get some playing time uh, your first, maybe your second year, you know? And uh, at the time, I was like, okay. I mean, it's a good decision. If I want to go D1, it's the fast track to, 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 to NCAA, you know? But that's why at the end, it was Champlain or Momo. Decided to go to Momo. But for sure, after, I like, like when you travel an hour and a half, an hour 45 <laughs> And did I make the right decision? <laughs> <laughs> then the first year we had a great year. Yeah, uh, we beat them. I think twice. We went. Uh, we won the national championship and the provincials. So that definitely helped. Like uh, realize, okay, you're, you're you're sacrificing, but it's for a good cause, right. you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But it, there were some ups and downs for sure. Yeah. Yeah. C'était comment? C'était comment la transition de Charlemagne à moment le level high school cégep c'était comment puis comment toi tu t'es adapté c'était mais tu sais il y avait beaucoup de, de challenges avec le, le voyagement euh, les études ça c'est tous les étudiants t'es au secondaire t'as un horaire structuré là t'es au cégep t'as un cours à 8 heures mm-hmm. un autre après-midi ça qui était dur pour moi parce que moi j'ai un cours à 8 heures faut que j'aille à moment à 8 heures mais je veux pas revenir à la maison yeah. alors je reste là-bas toute la journée so, je suis des amis qui, 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 qui avaient des appartements en résidence. Je passais du temps là-bas, j'étudiais, j'essayais d'être focus, je m'entraînais, mais je passais toutes mes journées là-bas. You know? so ça, c'était c'est un challenge. Aussi, la game, la game est différente. Euh, secondaire, euh, Charlemagne, j'étais la star, je scorais 25-30 points par game. Puis j'arrive à, à, à Momo. Euh, il y a d'autres stars. Il y a des gars qui, ça fait trois ans qu'ils sont là. Il y a plusieurs gars qui sont venus D1. So, je n'ai pas eu mon playing time tout de suite, mais c'est une game d'équipe. Euh, j'ai, j'ai pris mon rôle ma première année. On a gagné. Puis après ça, c'est, c'est continuer de travailler sur ta game, puis euh, évoluer ton rôle au sein de l'équipe à travers les années. Mm-hmm. C'est, ça, c'est un challenge. Puis, même chose de D1 après, un challenge d'accepter ton rôle, puis de comprendre que. Euh, tu dois attendre ton tour ou tu dois faire ta place, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah, that was the, the, the biggest challenge, yeah. I remember we were talking to, uh, I don't remember who, on our past interviews, and, and, and they, mentioned, they mentioned your name, and they're saying how uh, in the basketball, the way you used to play, like a spider, you know, you used to get everything, <laughs> you know, yeah. So my thing, <laughs> I would ask you these questions, like, did you, did you develop that in, at Momo, or did you always have that, like, the athletic ability to, to do the things you were doing on the court, like, your defense especially uh i mean me is i have long arms mm-hmm. you know i have a 611 wingspan so that always helped me um it's just like things are just i can just sweep <laughs> you know <laughs> like i could just block shots that people can't block uh, i was able to I, some i used that as an advantage with my crossover as well mm-hmm. and uh, i've always worked on my handles like way uh, even before momo So that helped as well. Uh, athletic ability. I mean, I, I worked with uh, on, on my 
my legs, you know, with uh, air alert and all that stuff. But my defense really got better, like, my last year at Momo and at Richmond. And I, I, I feel like that's uh, uh, something a lot of players don't get. But defense is really – it's all in your head, you know. It's, it's most 90% is in your head. And uh, I, I got dedicated to, there's obviously some physical attributes that help, you know? So I worked on my core a lot uh, on my legs, but I guess if you get on the court every day and you give it your all, and you really push to have that lateral movement very fast, you're going to become faster. You will. And I got to a point where I was at Richmond, no one could get past me. I was like as fast laterally as I was, you know, and that took years to build, but it all started in my head. Like every day in practice, even our, our little point guard, which was uh, one of the leading scorers in Richmond history, he couldn't get past me, you know, obviously the long arms helped a little bit, but <laughs> I gave it my all every day to, to make sure I was really fast laterally. And uh, that's, and it's funny you guys say like uh, I was a good defender, but one of the reasons why Eduardo Petit didn't really want me, and I felt it that there's a reason why he didn't really want me, and he he did say it to my coach, didn't say it to me, is because I wasn't a good defender. Mm. But I was a really good athlete. Yeah. But in the Scolar Trois, uh, AAA uh, school league, whatever the Scolar Trois league, I didn't have to play defense. I was lazy. You know, and he came to a few games and I guess I didn't pay attention to the, the, these things. I, I was the star. I was scoring 25 points a game. You know, defense in my mind was like, I'll try to block a shot here and there, but we're winning the games, you know. Yeah. But I was a really bad defender in high school. And with all the athletic ability that I had, I had no excuse, you know. Yeah. So that's, I mean, it's, it's funny you talk about it because it's really like that explains why it's all in your head. You know, and the day I made that switch is uh, when I got to Momo, uh, Mark Davidville was mm -hmm. one of the uh, older guys on the team. And he, he was the best defender on, in the league, you know. So we go against this guy every day and this guy teaches you his mentality. No one scores on me ever in practice, I mean, dive, I mean, do every, you're not scoring on me you kind of grasp some of that, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, that's, that's when I uh, really improved my, uh, my defense. Yeah. Ça, t'as dit, lui, c'était comment jouer avec tous ces gars-là qui ont été après D1? Parce que, tu sais, durant tes années, t'as joué avec Isham, t'as joué avec le gars que tu viens de nommer. C'était comment les pratiques? C'était quoi tes best memories à un moment avant qu'on commence à parler de ton expérience D1? C'était compétitif. C'était compétitif. Ça, ça, je te le dis, tous les jours, il y, y avait de la compétition qui se faisait. Tu avais les, euh, les troisième année, là, les, les seniors, euh, Jeff Beaulieu, Étienne Labrec, euh, Pierre-Luc Jacques, tous les gars qui étaient plus vieux. Puis, il y avait la, la batch des plus jeunes. Moi, Grégo, Greg Saint-Amand, euh, Marc-Grégoire Bellhomme. Yeah. Marc-David était deuxième année, il était au milieu. Puis, euh, chaque jour, c'est... Et tout le monde se battait pour le playing time, you know? So, c'est sûr, c'était challenging. Puis même mentalement, moi, je suis habitué à Charlemagne. Euh, on était deux stars dans l'équipe. Il n'y a personne qui nous challengeait en pratique, you know? Mais arrivé là-bas, c'était « every day, you have to bring it ». Parce que sinon, les gars vont niaiser. Tu ne vas pas avoir de playing time. So, really, like, la, la, la consistance de « bring it every day », même si tu es fatigué, euh, même si tu as mal à la cheville, whatever, you have to bring it. Ça, c'était quand même... Euh, ça, ben, ça rendait les pratiques le fun. Mm -hmm. Sauf des fois, il y avait des fights, puis il y avait des coudes qui sortaient. Ça fait yeah, partie yeah, de la game, yeah. puis uh, je pense que ça nous a rendu meilleur aussi. Yeah. Et je sais que durant votre temps à Momo, vous avez dit que vous voulez les premiers 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 Of yeah. The, uh, yeah, yeah. So, how was that feeling? All that traveling, all that stuff. You're in your final year. All you're going through all that, and then you guys win. How was that for you? Like winning that provincial ch championship, your third year. That that was a uh, that championship meant a, a lot to me and the whole team because uh, the first year felt good. Obviously, it was the yeah. first provincial like for like forever. But we were the favorites, you know. Like the team was stacked. Yeah, uh, we had. Uh, 
on that team, we had maybe four guys go D1 and one go one guy go D2. He should have won D1, but it wasn't because of his grades. But we had a really good stacked team. Uh, my last year, we were underdogs, really. Uh, in the final, Austin were the, the favorites, yeah. you know? So uh, when we beat them, uh, it was uh, – it, it felt – Amazing. Well, like Isham was done on that team with Olivier Bouchard with a bunch of uh, good pieces, but they weren't, uh, these guys were not, I mean, Isham was D1 ta uh, talent, but it was maybe me and Isham that got D1 scholarships, but we weren't stacked as that first year, you know? Yeah. Really like, uh, we really put it together uh, within the last couple games of the, the season. And it was a, a real, real team effort. You know, uh, all these guys were were uh, very close to this day. Uh, we had that was probably the best uh, team chemistry I've had in my whole career. You know, that year with those guys, we weren't the best team, but like we hustled every game. Uh, we 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 cared for each other a lot, and I guess that's 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 what took us to the the championship. Mm, nice. Was, was your, uh, can you answer? It was can, uh, was the uh... That year you guys won. What, what, what was the provincials? Was that Evanier? Evanier, yeah. yeah. I was there. I remember that game. That was uh, against, yeah, you, you guys, I think was, you played Kevin Wazell, that, that stacked Dawson team. Everyone yeah, thought Dawson was going to win. Yeah, they were all on that team. <laughs> Evans Laroche, all these guys were there. So yeah. us, like everyone was like, nah, Momo. <laughs> Momo yeah, I came to the game. I was like, oh, what was not winning this? Because like, yeah, the year before Dawson beat us in the provincials, I got hurt in that game. And they uh, they went on to win the national championship. Mm. So they were the national champs. Yeah. And, you know, the next year we lost uh, Marc-Davidville, a bunch of uh, big pieces. So we were definitely the underdogs. And uh, just that win meant uh, meant a lot to us, yeah. So how do you guys, how do you think you guys won again? Like, what was the secret? <laughs> um, I have to, I have to give credit to our coaches uh, for that. Obviously, like, like I said, our chemistry was very strong. But our coaches, they made some last-minute adjustments, like five minutes before the game. Oh. And they just put Vincent Lanto in the middle of a 1-3-1 uh, zone. And I guess Dawson just they didn't know what to do. And they put me in the back, my long arm, so I was, like, anticipating all the passes. And Vincent Lanto just in the middle just bothered their whole offense, wow. you know? And it worked, like, wonders. It works perfectly. And uh, that was a, a great game plan we had. And uh, Olivier Bouchard had a great game. He was the leader of our team, you know, the, the captain. And uh, he, uh, a couple games, like, just before the provincial, he's, like, we used to do these rituals. Like, we used to go all the the whole team. And that was a, his idea. He used to uh, – everyone had to go. We all went to a Chinese restaurant in Côte de Neige. And we just ate there before the <laughs> <laughs> you would think that would be a bad idea like eating Chinese food for a big game wow. well, what are we thinking but it was like no it doesn't matter it doesn't, our stomachs don't matter it's all about <laughs> our heads this is what matters and uh, we did this every game in the provincials eat a bunch of Chinese food wow. <laughs> I don't recommend this <laughs> for us that year it worked and uh, yeah it just I guess got us closer and also, I guess it got us to just calm down a little bit, not stress too much about the game, just be with each other, you know. And uh, I guess that's that was one of our uh, our secrets that uh, that worked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. And at quel moment le recrutement a commencé pour toi? Uh, pour division one. Yeah, division one. Moi, mon recrutement c'était plus avec Sun Youth. J'avais eu plus de looks avec Sun Youth pendant l'été. Euh, J'avais eu quelques universités qui m'avaient vu à travers Richmond, mais la plupart, c'était avec son Newt l'été. So, euh, l'été, entre ma première et deuxième année, c'est là que j'ai commencé à, à bien jouer. Puis, euh, Richmond m'avait vu à un tournoi à West Virginia. On faisait des tournois tout l'été, AAU Basketball, as you guys know. On fait des tournois, whatever, and had a really good game in front of a lot of coaches. And that's where they saw me, and they did. They kept on following up, so they were coming to see some games. Then, from there, they offered me a scholarship my second year. Were you always thinking, did you have other recruitment, like other schools you wanted to go to, or was Richmond your first? 
Um, yeah, I had a couple other schools, but Richmond was the most interesting because I always factored in the academics. I saw uh, I, it was an opportunity to, to get into a good school. Um, I had uh, Iowa was the biggest school and Penn State were the biggest school, like looking at me, but they didn't offer me scholarships. Okay. I had George Mason too at the time, looking at me. Um, but the, 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 the ones that offered me scholarships were Richmond, Longwood, Fairfield, and uh, I can't remember the other one. So out of those schools, obviously Richmond was yeah. better conference, uh, better academics. So at that point, it was a, it was a no-brainer to, to, to pick the Spiders, yeah. Tu as commis ta deuxième année ou troisième année? Parce que tu as dit que... Ouais, non, c'est vrai, tu as raison. Ça fait longtemps quand même. <rire> la troisième année, ma tro... début troisième année que j'ai commis. Okay. C'était l'été entre ma deuxième et troisième qui m'ont vu. Ouais, that's it. OK, OK. okay. Puis c'était comme... comment la transition quand, OK, tu as, as fini le provincial après la temps de te préparer pour aller au state, c'était comment la transition de l'été à ta première année à Richmond? Euh, je suis allé l'été à Richmond pour me préparer. So, il y avait un genre de programme pour les freshmen. Alors, tu arrives là euh, 3-4 mois avant le, euh, la session d'automne. So, J'ai passé tout l'été là-bas. Euh, ça m'a grandement aidé parce que moi, je n'étais pas, pas anglophone. J'arrivais là-bas, puis je comprenais l'anglais, mais je ne le parlais pas bien. Puis, euh, c'est différent. Je suis allé à l'école toute ma vie en français. Puis là, la première fois que tu es à l'école en anglais, c'est à l'université aux États-Unis, dans un top school aux States. You know? C'est beaucoup de choses en même temps que tu dois. Je dois apprendre à écrire des dissertations en anglais. Euh, je dois écouter des cours d'anglais tout le long. Puis, tu sais, je me rappelle, mes premiers cours en anglais, c'était difficile. Je faisais des erreurs que comme le professeur disait. <rire> Où est-ce que tu as appris à écrire en anglais? J'avais écrit dans mon texte, j'écrivais des affaires comme « int »,« a-i-n-t ». Tu sais, les gars de l'équipe me niaisaient parce que mon roommate, c'était un gars d'Atlanta, so il parlait super slang, peut-être « like we are learning how to Je faisais des erreurs comme ça, le, le, le prof... Sit down with me, il a dit non, Francis, il faut que. <rire> c'est des basics. I know you're from Canada, je sais que tu es francophone, mais tu es à l'université, tu ne peux pas faire des erreurs comme ça. But that, that was funny, mais juste ça, le fait de passer l'été là avant, ça m'a aidé beaucoup parce qu'en tant que francophone, j'avais un, un gros désavantage là-bas. Je me rappelle aussi quand je suis arrivé à Richmond, le, on avait un academic advisor, lui, il voulait que j'aille uh, major in French. Francis, you're going to major in French. Moi, j'étais comme, mais non. Je ne veux pas partir de... <rire> je vais apprendre à parler français, first off, OK? Je ne veux pas partir de, de Montréal, aller dans un top business school aux États-Unis sur un scholarship, puis sortir de là avec un degree en français. Mais non. <rire> j'étais comme, non, je vais là-bas, je veux maximiser l'opportunité. J'ai fait tout ce que je pouvais avoir. Il fallait que j'aie un bon GPA ma première année, puis après, je suis rentré dans le business school. J'ai étudié en comptabilité, mais c'était un challenge au début, ça je ne vous cacherai pas. L'anglais, euh, le D1 euh, schedule aussi, les pratiques, yeah. le weightlifting, euh, c'était quand même beaucoup en même temps. Le fait que j'ai passé l'été là-bas, là, ça m'a aidé beaucoup. Um, did you, uh, at your time at university, what, what, what do you think was the hardest for you basketball-wise transition from Momo and now playing D1 against the top players, probably the top players in the country. So. You said, what was the biggest, the, the hardest transition? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, scheduling was tough. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah just uh, the, the whole D1 uh, schedule was uh, very tough, English. But uh, game-wise, so when I came to Richmond, on faisait des scrimmages l'été, puis j'étais là, je jouais avec les gars, puis uh, I was there, you know. The guys felt right away, okay, this guy's going to be able to help right away, you know. So maybe because I was a bit older, j'avais, je pense, 19 ans, 19 ou 20 ans quand j'étais arrivé là-bas, tandis que les freshmen américains, eux, ils ont yeah. 18. So, tu sais, le cégep m'a peut-être aidé aussi, but game-wise, basketball-wise, j'étais là. Euh, C'est sûr, quand tu arrives des one, il y a il y a un step-up côté musculation, conditionnement, tout ça. Ben, ça, ce n'était pas trop un, un gros challenge. C'était plus tout ce qui est autour. L'université, 
les études, study hall, musculation, pratique, sleep, and try to have a little bit of party life in this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> managing all this yeah. uh, was tough, but it, it took some time, but I figured it out. Okay. Est-ce est que tu peux parler un peu de ton, du March Magnus quand vous êtes allé au Sweet 16? C'est Sweet 15 ou Elite 8? Sweet 16, hein? Sweet 16, ouais, on a fait le Sweet 16 uh, une année. Um, it was a really good experience. On a fait deux fois le March Madness. La première fois, um, on, on a perdu first round contre St. Mary's. Puis deuxième année, on a, on a battu uh, Vanderbilt first round. So that was, uh, that was big for us. Quand on, on a battu Vanderbilt first round. Uh, on était rank 12 and they were rank 5th. So, déjà, Vanderbilt, they're a big program, you know? L'année yeah, yeah. d'avant, on venait de perdre le first round. On s'était fait upset, nous, parce qu'on était 7. On s'était fait battre par un 10, you know? So, on avait un, un sour taste in our mouth, you know? Mm -hmm. But uh, that second year, that first game we won, uh, that was like uh, one of the highest moments I felt in my entire life. Like winning that first game, yeah. getting that uh, upset, you know, uh, against a big school. They had like three guys make the NBA. Um, for us, it was uh, it, it was huge. And I, that game, I had a, an amazing game too. I was four for four from the three. I was pulling up threes, fade away. And I was <laughs> I was doing it, man. Yeah, <laughs> I get in the game, you know, uh, this first game NCAA tournament that year against Vanderbilt, uh, we're in Denver, all right? Denver is like high up in the mountains, yeah. you know? So it's hard to breathe. Yeah. It's really harder to breathe. You're not used to that, you know? So I get in the game, I swear, I swear, like, the game is so fast. I don't know if it's me just, like, the air or whatever, but the game was so fast. And within the first, like, 10, 15 seconds, I don't know how, but I got a block on uh, Jeffrey Taylor, which was one of their best players, you know? And that got me going. And after that, I took, like, one, three, fadeaway three. Uh, the coach looked at me, like, <laughs> a timeout. He said, yo, I, I know after the game, he said, Francis, you know, if you miss that shot, you're out of the game. Freeze, <laughs> you know? But my mentality that game was... Okay, last year, everyone was, like, trying to do good, you know, and it didn't work. This game, effort, I'm going all out. Let's just give it all. You know what? If we yeah. lose, we lose. Yeah. Coach benches me, he benches me. But no matter what happens, I, I'm not going in there just, like, try to do the offense. You yeah. know, if I see an opportunity, I, I, I'm going off. And, and it worked out. And uh, we ended up winning by like uh, two or three points, but it was uh, it was a close game, and uh, we we got them out of the tournament. The next round we played against Kenneth Farid, uh, Moorhead State. Yeah. The third round we played Kansas. Yeah. Kansas, the, the Jayhawks, yeah, and then we lost uh, against the Jayhawks. Yeah. Y avait qui dans Kansas cette année là? Ah, ils avaient un bon squad. Ils avaient les Morris Twins. Oh shit! Oh no, okay. <laughs> yeah, was big. Il y avait Thomas Robinson. Uh, il a joué dans l'NBA. Je ne pense plus qu'il est dans l'NBA aujourd'hui, mais il était un big athlète. Uh, il y avait aussi uh, uh, John Shelby. Il y avait d'autres joueurs qui étaient très, très forts, qui n'ont pas fait l'NBA, mais yeah. pas longtemps, mais ils ont fait l'NBA. Mais ils étaient. These guys were like. Different, huh? Yeah, on the court. <laughs> les, gars, les gars, ils étaient forts. C'est drôle aussi cette game-là, une autre anecdote. C'est juste avant la game. On est dans le couloir, Rado, you know. Puis les Morris Twins commencent à, à nous pousser. On commence à se battre pratiquement dans le... Oh. Oui, you know. And uh, that's when I realized, okay, these guys, they did that because they had to get going. They say Kansas Jayhawks, they're going in the Sweet 16. They're playing against Richmond. Pour eux, c'est comme, ils ne sont pas motivés, but that's how they got motivated. And it, to this day, I, I still believe that, I believe that's where we lost the game. Mm. Mentally, in that hallway... These guys bullied us, and we weren't ready for that. We didn't expect that, you know? Yeah. Like, who does that? When does that happen, you know? Yeah. And uh, they got going. I guess we got <clears throat> a bit intimidated, and we were, like, just thrown off, and that gave, gave them the edge uh, for the entire game, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. 
Um, I know your senior game, you had a big dunk that made uh, TSN Sportsnet top, top, top player. Yeah, I liked. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was, uh, that, uh, that's a good anecdote, uh, anecdote too. Um, ça, c'est mes deux derniers points à Richmond de ma carrière. Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. c'était ma dernière game de la saison uh, à Richmond. Uh, mes parents sont venus de Canada. Uh, ils sont là à la game. Uh, I'm not having a really good game. <coughs> Puis là, il reste quelques minutes. Je juste dis, you know what? Il reste comme <laughs> deux, trois minutes à la game. J'ai comme quatre fautes. I go up, I dunk on him, I get a technical foul, and I got thrown out of the game. <laughs> On that play, um, standing ovation, all the fans get up. <laughs> It's my last two points yeah. of my career. And I, I get thrown off the game on, on that uh, on that play. It was, uh, it was a special moment. And uh, yeah, no, that, my parents were there. It was, uh, I still remember like it was yesterday. It was crazy. Okay. And, and also, how do you feel to see now another Canadian on Richmond right now doing, I guess, great? Yes, I'm very happy. I'm very happy. Nathan is uh, Nathan Caillou, c'est un super bon, super bon joueur, un bon produit de Montréal. Puis je me rappelle quand Richmond a recruté, il m'avait demandé de d'aider un peu avec le processus. J'avais parlé à Nathan, puis je lui ai dit, regarde, Richmond c'est un super bon programme. Ça fait, ça fait quatre ans qu'il est là, il est doing great. He's a great player. Um, big part of the team now. I think he's one of the top three scorers this year. So he's uh, he's having a good uh, senior year. We don't know if he's going to stay for a fifth year next year. But it's sure that I've always followed the Richmond Spiders. But now I've seen more. There's Nathan who's in the team. Every game, I check the box score. I see how Nate has played. I've always checked a little bit more. But it makes me happy that there's another Montrealais. Puis, euh, que le coach réalise tu sais, qu'il y a du talent au Québec aussi. Moi, quand je suis arrivé, euh, tu sais, Richmond n'était pas un super gros programme. Puis il m'avait trouvé, tu sais, il, disait, il m'avait trouvé under rock, you know, parce qu'il n'avait jamais recruté au Canada. Mais là, le fait que depuis que je suis parti, il y en a deux ou trois autres qui sont allés là-bas, des Canadiens. Puis Nate, c'est le deuxième Montréalais. Mais tu sais, je suis fier parce que là, il réalise qu'à Montréal, c'est vraiment un bassin de joueurs. Puis, il y a, ils gardent une certaine des contacts ici à Montréal parce qu'ils savent que Montréal est becoming a, a good basketball city. Mm-hmm. So, ça m'a rend fier. Puis juste le succès que Nathan y a là-bas, ça, ça m'a rend heureux. Là. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so after your career at uh, Richmond, were you ever thinking about going to play professional? Or I, I thought about it. I, I, I thought about it. I had some uh, a couple offers in Europe. But uh, at that point, my Achilles were, uh, they were done, you know. Uh, my Achilles tendons, were, they were, uh, where I had to, before every practice, I had to show up an hour early, uh, get a hot tub, massage, you know, everything before every practice. Like, roll my ankles, ankle brace, you know, everything. And it was still painful to play. Like, when your Achilles are hurting, both of them are hurt, every step is yeah. like, it's painful you know you wake up in the morning you have a hard time walking you have to stretch all the time so at that point i realized uh, that's when i made the decision to go in uh, in career uh, right away instead of keeping on playing basketball because the way i saw it uh, basketball is a depreciating career Mm -hmm. that means over time your value goes down you get older you're hurt or you know so it's it's only going to go down you know Uh, but if you get in the, in the, the, the working world, the business world, whatever, then it's an appreciating career, you know? So you get experience, you get knowledge, you get better. Uh, 10 years in the future, uh, you're actually worth a lot more. You can, yeah, you, yeah, you, can, yeah. you know? Yeah. The only way you could use basketball long term is if you want to coach after. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As an yeah. factor, because as a player, obviously, with time, you're going to decrease in value. So I was like, I didn't, I knew I didn't want to really coach. Uh, so I decided to go, you know what? You have an accounting degree from one of the top business schools in the U.S. Uh, I took advantage of that. I found a job in accounting firm in the U.S. Uh, and I worked there for a couple of years. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And we all know, like you said, you were a great basketball player, and now you're a real estate agent. 
Um, how did you make that transition from, I guess, basketball, then you say you were working, and after that you went to um, real estate agent? So, c'est comment la, la, la transition, puis pourquoi tu as décidé, tu sais quoi, je vais être un real estate agent? Ça. Au début, j'étais comptable. Je travaillais dans un cubicule, comptabilité. Uh, it's fine. It's a good career, you know. Ça, ça paye des billes. Euh, si tu restes là longtemps, tu vas faire beaucoup d'argent après 10-15 ans. OK? Euh, mais tu sais, moi, je suis un joueur de basket. Je t'avais dit de travailler pour euh, mes résultats. Tu sais, quand tu joues au basket, un été, tu travailles sur ta game, tu vas avoir les résultats sur le terrain en septembre. Tu comprends? Yeah. Euh, moi, la comptabilité, it was fine. Uh, was decent at it. I kind of liked it, but I wasn't in love. Uh, puis c'est là, là que j'ai commencé à investir on the side. Parce que, tu sais, moi, je... I need to be active, you know, je ne peux pas travailler. Puis des fois, en comptabilité, quand c'est dépendant de la saison, je te jure, il y avait des, il y avait des semaines où est-ce que je travaillais une heure. Tu sais, pendant l'été, quand il n'y a rien, il n'y a pas de job, yeah. tu dois quand même aller à ton travail, puis sit there. Mais tu sais, moi, j'étais comme, non, je ne peux pas gaspiller tout ce temps-là. So, tu sais, je commençais à Google how to make money on the side. <laughs> like, how can I, like, use my yeah. brain? Even after work, tu finis le travail à quatre heures, moi, j'étais à Richmond. J'habite encore à Richmond, mais je n'ai pas, pas beaucoup d'amis. Mm. You know, tous les, les amis du college sont soit en train de jouer overseas ou sont tournés chez eux. So, j'ai beaucoup de temps, entre 4 heures et 11 heures le soir, à rien faire. So, j'ai commencé à investir, à aller dans des meetings d'investisseurs immobiliers. Euh, j'ai commencé à faire de la prospection pour d'autres investisseurs. Mais juste, get to know real estate. Et après deux ans, j'ai décidé de revenir à, à, à Montréal puis de me lancer 100% immobilier en prenant ma, ma licence de, de courtier immobilier. Ça, ça je ne le regrette pas aujourd'hui parce que je, suis, um, je préfère une job qui est plus results-oriented. You know, parce que I, I know I can work. I know if I work harder, I will get more. And this is exactly what real estate is. But if you want to spend more on your marketing, you're going to get more clients. If you want to put in more hours, you're going to have more results. You're going to close more deals. If you're willing to do uh, the extra mile and give a really good service, you're going to get referrals. So the harder you work, the more you build your business, the more you get down the road, which is not 10 years from now, you know? Yeah, so yeah, you can yeah. actually control a little bit your income in that sense. That's more me. Comptabilité, you have to, you really have to pay your dues. You start yeah. to them. After three, four years, they give you a, uh, you, you can move up, you can become a supervisor, then year eight, manager, and then year 12, partner, you know? Mm -hmm. First off, I'm not in love with it. I need something that's going to like uh, drive me, push me every day. So uh, first I got involved in uh, uh, investing part-time while I was in the States. I bought a duplex there. I flipped a couple of houses with a partner. When I came back, uh, I got my license, but I kept investing. So, j'ai commencé en tant qu'investisseur, j'ai pris ma licence après, but I still do both. I invest as much as I can. I, I love uh, buying houses, renovating them, making them nicer, increasing the rents, and uh, just having renovation projects. But I love also, also selling houses and helping friends buy houses and plexes and stuff like that. Yeah, that's 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 que le basket t'a aidé dans la ouais. présentement et comment? Ouais. Big time. Mais c'est juste la, la mentalité. Toute, le, toute ta vie, tu sais que si tu travailles plus fort, tu vas avoir des résultats. It's the only way. Tu ne vas pas avoir de résultats si tu ne travailles pas plus fort. Tout le monde, si tu joues au basket, tu penses que tu vas être meilleur sans travailler plus fort, mais tu ne vas pas jouer longtemps. Tu, sais, tu, tu, mm. tu vas très vite réaliser que non, ça ne marche pas comme ça. Puis, c'est juste cette mentalité-là. Puis tu vois aussi beaucoup dans le domaine je, je garde les top courtiers euh, à Remax ou d'autres bannières. Il y en a beaucoup qui sont des anciens athlètes. Pas juste du basket, mais des joueurs de soccer. Euh, il y en a qui sont des athlètes olympiques. Il y en a, il y a beaucoup qui sont des, 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 des anciens athlètes qui ont sûrement toutes eu la même réflexion euh, que pour eux, c'est mieux d'aller dans, un, dans une carrière qui est plus results-oriented. Euh, tu es payé pour tes résultats et tu n'es pas payé pour ton temps. So, uh, c'est sûr que, en tant que courtier, ça me donne un edge. Uh, I think I work harder than a lot of agents. Uh, I think I have a, a long-term vision uh, that some agents don't have. I use my accounting skills because that, that, that's what I studied. But 
le, le hustle mentality du joueur de basket, c'est ça qui me pose tous les jours. Okay. Mm -hmm. Ren, Ren, so, well, how come after Richmond, why didn't you come straight back to Canada? Why did you decide to stay, stay there and work there? Um, I tried to come back. Mm -hmm. I applied to jobs here. Okay. But in Montreal, you have a, a CV, they say, a resume, and it says University of Richmond. They don't know. Yeah. They don't know what Richmond is. And even if you say uh, top 10 business schools in the States, And the big problem was the, the, the accounting guidelines in the States are different than in Canada. Okay. Over there, accounting is the U.S. gap. Here, it's the I, IFRS. It's the same as the whole world. You know how the U.S. is? Yeah. Fahrenheit, everyone else is conscious. <laughs> like the, yeah, the yeah, yeah. meters, they're in feet and inches. You know, it's the same thing uh, with accounting. They have their own guidelines. And when I came here, people were like, Yeah, but you have to relearn everything our way because it's different there, you know? Mm -hmm. So that kind of uh, hurt me. And also, I wanted to take advantage of the fact that I, I came from a top business school. So I, right away, I took a job in Richmond, okay. an accounting firm. And that firm saw the benefit, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Here in Richmond, they know U of R, University of Richmond is one of the top business schools because I didn't have the best GPA, but that gave me the edge to get a job at, at that place and yeah. i used that and at the time my my mindset was like i'm going to be an accountant for the rest of my life you know so i'm better off to get started here and after two three years i'll get a job in montreal with the experience i got from this first job you know but obviously two years later everything uh, changed. everything changed yeah, yeah. Okay. and last question for me where do you see yourself in five ten years like you say you want to do that the rest of your life mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Yes. Real estate. It's going to be a uh, real estate related for sure. Mm -hmm. um, five, 10 years. I mean, who knows? But I'd like to uh, at some point maybe partner up on other businesses with other people. Uh, I believe in partnerships, teamwork. So I'm the real estate expert, you know, but maybe one day I'll own a restaurant with someone, though. Mm -hmm. I don't want to I don't want to have to learn everything from scratch and uh, in the restaurant business. I, I believe in specializing in one thing, uh, even in basketball, you know, if you're a jack of all trades, you're kind of like not really good or at anything, you know? But if you specialize in one thing, because a great shot blocker, a great three-point shooter is always going to be a spot for you. And that's the mentality I, 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 I implemented in my life. You know what? I want to be an expert in real estate. Obviously, I educate myself about stocks and uh, other businesses, but real estate, I want to make sure I know as much as possible uh, to be known as the expert in, the, in my network. And uh, so, yeah, five years from now, obviously, I'll still be investing. That's for sure. Uh, real estate uh, agent as well. Uh, that's the goal, you know, uh, build a team and keep growing the business. And uh, the only question, Mario, is am I going to have other businesses in other areas? I would love to. Obviously, it's it's going to depend on a lot of things, but yeah, that's that's what I see. Okay. Uh, but before I ask my, my last question, I'll ask: um, Do you give uh, do you give do you give like classes or teach anything about real estate that you know that people in case people want to learn, like myself or even Kenny? <laughs> I don't I don't give courses yet. Uh, I, I've started. Uh, I've done a video uh, a couple months ago, and I'm going to do more uh, little videos. I mean, I teach people real estate every day. To be honest, it's one the, the way I teach real estate is on a one-to-one -one basis mm -hmm. when I have a buyer that wants to buy a house, you know. So we do visits and I tell them about houses, I tell them about problems, or here's here's this, here's that. And uh, obviously my clients call me and we spend time talking about real estate. I don't give actual like legit courses, mm -hmm. but I do like every day couple clients will learn about some, more about real estate because just because I spend a lot of time talking to my clients. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I don't give courses yet, but <laughs> at some point I'd, that's something I could, uh, could definitely yeah. share well, knowledge. Would, yeah, 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 I love, I would, you know, bro, it's a lot of knowledge, man. It's a lot of time I've, I've been uh, uh, like acquiring all this knowledge, mm -hmm. a lot of reading, a lot of discussions with other investors. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I, I love to share that with other people. Okay. And my last, yeah, so my last question is, um, right now, are you following basketball? How, how do you think basketball is going in Quebec right now compared to before? Or how, how do you think it's getting, you know, the evolution of Quebec basketball? 
I think it's great, man. Uh, guys like uh, Lugens Dor, uh, Chris Boucher are definitely the best thing that's happening to Quebec basketball right now. You know, uh, you have these guys, uh, Quincy Guerrier. Uh, every, every like couple months, there's a new one. I'm like, <laughs> where does that come from? You know, like, I heard about Maxence Prosper. I'm like, oh, he's at Clemson? Damn, these guys are going to big schools, big schools you know? Yeah. And uh, there's a guy at uh, Arizona, Ben, like uh, really good. I forgot his name, Ben. That's uh, right. That guy's uh, is is really good, you know. So I mean, it's like all these players are really helping our exposure uh, in the in the U.S. And it, it, I, I find it fascinating. They're doing it at a high level, you know. Ben Matsuhane is doing it at Arizona freshman. 18 years 31. old yeah 13 uh, 31 points in like a couple <laughs> games i'm like what <laughs> i never did that you know yeah. that's like bro that's crazy and you see them they dunk easily they're really good athletes so it's like these guys are like doing something very special mm-hmm. and uh i think it's a mix of uh the new generation maybe they start playing earlier or they stay they play at a higher level earlier or something but I'm not involved enough in the, 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 the basketball in Quebec to know what's going on, but something good's going on for sure, though. Like, yeah, really, yeah. like really good athletes, really good players play at a high level on the biggest stage in the U.S. It's, I mean, in a couple of years, yeah. I mean, knock on wood, but I think we're going to have, like, maybe 10, 10 players. Yeah, 10 players in the NBA, like. Bro, when I played, it was only Samuel D'Alembert and Joel Anthony, you know? Yeah. Like, we didn't have that many players. So, it's like, it's a good thing. It helps, obviously. I mean, it's going to help the next generation. It's the same effect you saw in Toronto. Like, when Vince Carter was killing it, 18 years later, you have Andrew Wiggins, all these, like, big players come up. It's the next generation that are looking at these guys, you know? Yeah. So, it's all in the next generation. Now, the young Montreal kids are looking at who? Now they see it against Dort, hitting game winning threes. Yeah. They see Chris Boucher yeah. scoring 20 points a game. You know, so it's like these guys are looking at these stars, and they, obviously it becomes accessible a lot more yeah, than okay. it was before. And uh, I think this is the best thing that's going on for Montreal. Hopefully, hopefully we get an NBA team at some point, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a different discussion. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. So. Euh, pour finir, on, joue, on, on a un jeu. Moi, j'ai un jeu, puis c'est un jeu. Puis après, on a fini l'interview. So, yeah. my game is, you have to name your top five player that you play with. Like, uh, uh, point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. Les, les meilleurs que tu as joué avec, ça, c'est, c'est qui? OK. Um, first, the best point guard is Kevin Anderson at Richmond. Il y a le school record for score, uh, like points scored in four years. An honorable mention to Olivier Bouchard <laughs> at Momo because that guy is still a really good friend today. He was a great leader and he, he took us to the next level. Uh, shooting guard, I'd say um, Marc Davidville. Marc Davidville uh, at Momo. That guy was, uh, he's a winner, man. Mm-hmm. He was a killer, killer instinct, win at all costs mentality. Uh, small forward, I would say. Um, I would say Hishem. Hishem, uh, Hishem Benayad, that guy was, uh, he was a beast too, man. He was just get buckets, finish everything around the, uh, the basket, no matter where he's at, you know? Uh, three-pointers at the corner. He's great, great small forward. Uh, power forward, I have to go with Justin Harper uh, at Richmond. Uh, he made it to the NBA. Uh, he played there for two years. Fortunately, he didn't have a, a long career in the NBA, but he's still playing pro today. Uh, 6'10", great shooter, like really good touch, fadeaway jumpers like like you've, you've never seen. Uh, just didn't have uh, – for him, he, he wasn't like the big man that the NBA wants, like the big rebounder, shot blocker. So I guess for him, like if it was a different era, he would have a better career. But basketball-wise, uh, he, he's the best power forward I've played with. And center, center position. Um, oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> center position. We had a good center at Richmond. Uh, Dan Giroux, who is good, a good player. Vincent Lacto aussi at uh, Momo. But I think the top one was uh, Ali Kanan. 
don't know if you guys remember Ali Kanan. He was a tall uh, Arabic man who played just for my first year at Momo, but that guy was, uh, he only played one year with us and he went to play D2, but he didn't have the grades, you know, because he, he would have played D1, but he was 6'11", really smooth player. So I would, give, uh, would have to give that to him. Okay, okay. Um, my game is called Start, Bench, Cut. I'm going to give you three scenarios. And mm-hmm. you got to start one, bench one, and cut one. Okay. All right. So uh, the first uh, scenario one is provincial, your third year. So when the, against Dawson, big big upset. So that's a big game. Mm-hmm. I was there. Uh, and the third one, uh, the second one is March Madness, being able to go to the Sweet 16 that year, for sure was big because a lot of players that play basketball, March Madness is like the it's it's the hype it's ultimatum yeah Yeah, you know so so that's the second one and the third one is i'd say making a decision to go to momo i mean yeah yeah i'll say yeah make a decision to go to momo from the south shore so you gotta start one bench one and cut one because if i cut the decision to momo who knows where i end up (laughs) (laughs) who knows but um i'd say i would cut the decision to momo because I believe in my ability. If I went to Champlain, I would have found a way to make my place and uh, earn a scholarship somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, start one, it's the March Madness, man. Yeah. The March Madness is the, is the ultimate uh, uh, the ultimate achievement in my career. I mean, especially the, the Sweet 16. Yeah. It was something. like Just like we, we, we go on the bus from the school to the airport, then you have police escort around the bus. You're like... What's going on? You know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> we're, st- we're just college students, you know, we don't really give <laughs> like police escorts around us. So it was like a crazy experience. And I would have to bench the, the, the provincial, but I mean, it's just because I have to, you know, if I could start, well, I would start, well, but I, I have to give the, the edge to the March Madness, the Sweet 16 appearance. Yeah. Okay. Okay. C'est, c'est le fun de voir plusieurs perspectives avec ce qu'on a parlé à Pierre-Marie, que lui aussi est allé au Sweet 16 avec Gonzaga. Puis mm-hmm. il m'a dit, comme, quand il est allé au March Magnus Sweet 16, il trouvait que c'était comme pas impressionnant. Comme il, tu vois, André, lui, il rêvait à plus. Puis quand il est allé, il trouvait que ouais. c'était pas, oh, c'est juste ça. Puis là, on parle, exemple, à toi, que tu as été aussi au Sweet 16. Puis toi, tu trouves que c'était comme, hein, c'était, c'était big. C'est, 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 c'est drôle. Mais c'est très intéressant que tu donnes ce point-là parce que ça te démontre à quel point c'est vraiment tout dans la perspective. Yeah. Moi, moi, on était à Richmond. Okay. L'enfant que Richmond a fait le tournament, c'était en 80 quelques, you know? Juste le fait de mettre, faire le tournoi, puis tu le vois ça dans le, quand ils font le Selection Sunday. Yeah. Les grosses écoles comme Syracuse, Gonzaga, tout ça, ils sont pas contents. Ils sont comme, OK, on a fait le tournoi, mais on est supposé faire le tournoi chaque année. Il <rire> n'y <rire> a rien de spécial, you know? Yeah. Et nous, les gars sautaient partout, puis on, <rire> on, on voulait être devant la, la caméra. <rire> you know? So, c'est tout dans la perspective, puis les expectations. Nous, c'était comme juste le fait, on est au tournoi. No, it's, it's crazy. Là, on avance, on beat des gros teams. Il y a plein de gars qui ont grandi aux États-Unis puis qui sont comme... On regarde le March Madness chaque année, on vient, on vient de faire comme un genre de Cinderella upset. Pour eux, c'était comme ils étaient aux anges. Puis it, it's all about perspective when we yeah. come from. But, si la même expérience, mais à Kansas, puis on perd au sous-16, ah, ben non, on a foiré, tu comprends? Ah, on n'a pas eu une bonne saison. Ah, on est down, tu comprends? Mais... It's all about perspective and uh, the expectations. C'est tout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Quand, quand le gars, notre point guard a hit la jump shot uh, pour gagner contre Vanderbilt first round, il y a vidéo, des vidéos au campus, tout le monde sautait. <laughs> <laughs> Mais tu sais, for us, for our school, it meant a lot more yeah. than it meant for the guys uh, at Vanderbilt to win that first game. Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. C'est vraiment ça. ça, ça dépend, it depends where you come from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, Kenny, you good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, I'm good. Yeah, so um, Francis, for real, thank you for coming on here. We appreciate it, man. It's funny how you were talking about before the how the next generation is looking at Ligans, but players like you is what opened doors for people to be in the NBA now, you know, like to be D1 and all these top schools, you know, so your generation opened the doors and then we just, you know, my generation opened more doors and now you have players. So like, that's why I say, that's why I want to have you on here, you know, cause you've definitely 
helped pave the way for Quebec basketball. That's what I was going to say. Is that where I say we, we paved the way a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, for sure, man. For I have sure. to plug it in. It's the perfect moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it feels good. Thank, thanks a lot yeah. for saying this, guys. Uh, I didn't make it to the NBA. Uh, I didn't dominate at Richmond. I was a really good role player, average like 25, 30 minutes a game. I didn't dominate. But just you saying that, yeah. if I help pave the way a little bit for <laughs> someone else, bro, I'm, I'm happy, you know? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, so it's yeah. good to hear that. Thanks a lot. Yeah, sure, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, merci, merci, merci d'avoir accepté l'invitation. Puis c'est sûr, il y a beaucoup de personnes qui vont regarder puis qui vont apprendre de toi puis qui vont apprendre de, mm -hmm. de tout. So, merci encore. It's a pleasure, guys. Right, thanks. Merci d'avoir vu. Ça fait plusieurs fois qu'on avait essayé de s'éduler, but we made it <laughs> Yeah, 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 I had a good time with you guys. Puis, uh, keep it up. You guys, uh, what you guys are doing is, uh, is amazing. We need that uh, in Quebec for sure. Yeah, thanks. To everyone listening, don't forget to subscribe. Once again, I'm Seth Moa, great Kenny Jean-Louis, and please stay tuned for our next episode.